Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We give you thanks that in you we have found the righteousness of God. That it's not by works, it's not because of what we have done, but because of your mercy your grace, your goodness. We pray that you would open our eyes and allow us to see the gospel for what it is. Allow us to see what it is to be called a Christian, what it is to be a follower and servant of Jesus Christ. We serve no other. We owe it to no other. Our allegiance is owed only to you, to honor you, to obey you, to follow you wholeheartedly, with our entire body, vested in our entire soul we pray father god that you do the work that you've promised to do in us and bring us to your salvation and bring us to the place of your provision and protection i pray that your word would prosper in our hearts today and that we might come to wisdom we might come into the works of righteousness and salvation that we might live by the spirit of god by your truth that would set us free in jesus name prosper your word in our hearts and in our lives as a double-edged sword, cut away things that don't belong, as a light that shines in our path so we not stumble, the clarity of sanity so we not go insane in the midst of a crooked, perverted, and twisted world. Give us the absolutes of light and darkness, Lord. Give us the absolutes of sheep and goat. Give us the absolute of right and wrong. Remove the 150 million shades of gray that are in between, O oh God. Cleanse us, wash us, sanctify us in Jesus name we pray amen and amen the one word that resonates throughout the New Testament is the word kurios kurios is the definition in Greek of the most supreme and sublime title that could be given to anyone it's the Christ it's the master um, we don't live in a culture of masters and of Caesars and Christ everything is my opinion your opinion our opinion democracy but there was a time where there was a king and there was the subjects there was the Lord there was the um, the the ones that lived in his lordship uh, and so I want to get to this to the bottom line the most basic principle that without uh, the counter opposite of curios which is a master and Lord is a slave and a servant. We erase everything in between. If there is a Lord, then He is the master. And if He's the master, there's only one definition for those that are under His rule, and that is a slave. Now, it's come to our time that there's a huge stigma with surrendering our will. There's a huge stigma of being owned by somebody. And there's no other definition in the Bible. If the word curios exists, then the opposite is doulos. And doulos is not a servant because a servant serves at his will. Because I'm a servant of the Lord and I could choose to not serve him. But a doulos has no will has no rights, has no privilege. His surrender is absolute and even involuntary. He has no choice but to be a slave 
until he dies. There is no other option. And so because the stigma of surrendering the will in our day and age is an impossibility, uh, be careful they don't brainwash you and you lose your will. Well, the truth of the matter is that all the followers of Jesus Christ surrendered their will the day they made Jesus their curios. As soon as he became the master, they automatically became the slaves. And so there was no changing of this reality in the New Testament. The word doulos in Greek all over the New Testament <clears throat> is describing the relationship between those who have lost their will. I want to show you the definitions I've come up with uh, with respect to being a slave. And you tell me if that's something, a job a description you want to follow. A slave means to be owned by another. It's the most lowest term of servitude. It's given to the one who gives up his will to another, thus rendering him to be property, having no rights and no freedom. He lives his life surrendered to the diction, the voice, the commandments, the directions of one who is completely dominant over his will. In other words, a slave is one who gives himself up to surrender to the will of another. And so uh, it's, its most basic word, do lost, the first part, do, is comes from being bound. Uh, that means that you are restricted to your liberty to move. You can't move unless under the direction of your curios, your master. And every single one of the men who came to Jesus Christ declared him instantly to be their curios, their master, their Lord. And it was very uh, demeaning because it was the end of your liberty, the end of your freedom. And people that cherished freedom and liberty would never uh, surrender themselves um, from following their dreams, their ambition, their desires. Um, they, they cherished liberty at such a level that to deprive one of liberty rendered them a non-person. No longer could he vote. No longer could he decide. No longer could he determine if he was coming or going. It was a total diminishing of existence. Um, we see the explanation in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5. That there was a change in the language of the Bible. Here Ephesians 6 verse 5 says slaves... Be obedient to those who are your masters according to life, to the flesh. Make sure that, that you are um, totally subservient and obedient to those that you are your curios, your masters. And do so with fear and trembling. With sincerity, 
of heart as to Christ. Verse 6. Not doing it based on them seeing what you do. Not as with eye service. If they're looking at me, I'm going to do well. If they're not looking at... Don't be men pleasers, but be slaves like those to Christ. See, the, the, two, the two aspects here in these two verses, one is talking about being a slave to a man in those days that existed, but then he compares it to being a slave of Christ. The word bondservant also uh, is that word doulos, but as a doulos of Christ, doing not your will, doing the will of God at its deepest point with sheer depth and sincerity, living it out as you no longer are determining what's going on, Jesus is. He's your curios. And here, you see the distinction uh, in verse 5. It says, slaves to your masters according to the flesh. Not according to the spirit. It's talking about a, a slavery, master, slave. But then in the next verse, it says, not being eye pleasers, uh, men pleasers, not because you're getting something from it, but as slaves do loss to curios, doing the will of God. So... From that point, they could not write here as servants of Christ because the word there is doulos. And servants might be minister. It might be another word. But throughout the New Testament, in the last 50 years, the, the translations that have come up, every time the Bible would write slave, the word doulos, Americans don't like slavery. They abolish slavery. So they replace doulos with the word servant. You're a servant of the Lord. You're no longer a doulos. He's no longer the curios. He's no longer the Lord. You, you come to church when you want, when you feel good, when you have time, when it fits in your schedule. That's what makes you a servant of the Lord. But if you're a doulos, it's no longer what you want. It's what the curios wants because he is Lord of all. And we're out to please him, not please ourselves. This distinction needs to be um, made and clarified in our lifetime because today Christians say, I'm a servant of the Lord, but I have my freedom, my liberty. I pursue my health, my wealth, my dreams. I find my own purposes, serve my own ambitions. I pursue my own desires. I no longer find out what the will of God is, but what pleases me. And that renders him not Lord, and you not his doulos. You no longer are welcomed into heaven because there is a verse there that we read a lot, and it says, when we come up to heaven, he will welcome us with the greeting, well done, thou good and faithful. Servant. No, slave. Doulos. But they changed it. They changed that word because of the stigma that people would feel if they became a slave to the will of God. They wouldn't surrender their will. So you don't get a greeting in heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because the Bible 
written in Greek, the original language says, Well done, thou good and faithful doulos. Enter into your curios, eternity and inheritance. The surrender of the will is something so painful, we see Jesus Christ bleeding at Gethsemane when he says the words, not my will, but thine be done. That is not easily said. For you to say, I'm a servant of the Lord, you can say that. But to say like the writers, the authors, the patriarchs of our faith, they would always write, that they were not servants of the Lord, they were due loss. They were surrendered servants, slaves. Matthew 6, 24, the problem comes here where no man can, can do loss two masters. No man can serve two masters for he will either hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God as curios and finances the mammon the, the deity of wealth and hoarding so servants has been a watered-down rendition of the gospel in the last hundred years first Corinthians 721 Paul is writing to the Corinthians, were you called while a slave? Did you come to Jesus Christ when you were a doulos? Do not be concerned about it, but if you can be made free, rather use it. Verse 22, for he who is called in the Lord while he's a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called... Without any surrendered will, must surrender his will while he's free to become Christ's slave. My friends, this is not an attractive invitation. Especially in a culture that we live in where we don't want to serve anyone but ourselves. But I want to suggest that that is our very destruction. Our liberty to do what we want causes us to postpone and not deliver what God wants. We're not seeing the evidence of a life lived out in God. How do we become Christ's slave if we're free? Does anybody understand what makes you a slave? A surrendered will, but greater even if you're purchased. If you sell your soul... To someone, you become that person's do loss. Verse 23 says just that. For you were bought at a price, so you're not slaves of men. Your purchase price, I don't know if you know, if you're, if you're a slave, if you're a do loss, you know the purchase price that bought you the blood. The blood. The blood purchased us. It was paid. Verse 24. Brethren, let each one of you remain with God in that state in which he was called. So these men who served the Lord and knew what was happening through Christ's transaction on the cross did not merely say, we'll take up a part-time up with the Lord. 
In fact, Romans 6, 18, Paul writes the words, Since we have been set free from sin, now we are due loss of righteousness. There's no happy medium to continue to do what we want, how we want, where we want. We have surrendered our will now to pursue Matthew 25, 21. There's only one word that I want to hear when I get to heaven. And it's well done, thou good and faithful doulos. It was changed there. It should say, well done, thou good and faithful slave. But that's stigmatic. It's, it brings an issue. Modern times, people don't want to surrender their will. It's too intense. And so here in 1 Corinthians 9, 19... Paul writes the words, For though I be free from all men, yet I've made myself a doulos unto all that I might gain more. I have made myself a slave to all men that I might gain more. No one can surrender your will but yourself. No one could, you could continue to be a servant, but that doesn't make you a slave. You making yourself a due loss is a surrender of the will. And we're going to get into this in a second. Servants were hired for a wage and could quit. That's the difference. You could do it at your convenience, at your leisure, at your time, at your opportunities. But not if you're a slave. It goes against your will. It's going to be when you don't want, how you don't want, where you don't want, with whom you do not want. And that is the message this morning why be, we've we've uh we've added to our own destruction that slaves are no longer owned and could quit and could accommodate and could remove themselves and could suffer no severe consequences every slave is a servant but not every servant is a slave Paul would write to the Romans in chapter 1, verse 1. This became his greeting in the majority of his letters where he would announce that he was, before all, a slave of Jesus Christ. Paul, a doulos of Jesus Christ. Not a mere minister, not one who would come and help and shoulder the responsibility and the weight, but an entirely surrendered will to Jesus Christ called to be a leader, an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. He had totally laid down his will. Philippians chapter 1 verse 1, he writes to the Philippians, and he doesn't only add himself, but those that would follow his teachings, Paul and Timothy, both do loss, slaves of Jesus Christ. Let people... Consider our greeting. Oh, well, hey, hey, you don't have it. I don't have anything. Totally given over to God to do His passion, to please Him, to do His will, to listen to His word. My, my life is left. It is gone. It's been purchased. Me, Paul, and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ. Writing to you that are in Philippians, in Philippi, Galatians 1, verse 10. The stark contrast between a servant and a slave is that a servant would please himself finding hours and wage 
and a slave was finding out how to please God. For do I now persuade men? Do I please men or do I please God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still walked pleasing men, I would not be a slave of Jesus Christ. If I was doing what's convenient and, and following the influence of men, I would be doing my own will, but I'm not. I'm pleasing the one that called me. That's why he writes in 2 Corinthians 5.9 that the target and the blueprint of a slave is only one way. The slave only has one motivation. Say with me, please the master. Not a mas. Nothing more. He says, therefore, we make it our aim, whether in the presence or absence, to be well-pleasing to him. That's what a slave does. Is he happy? The modern language of the Christianity is, am I happy? Does it feel good to me? How do I think about it? Where will I go? What will I do? Whom will I do it with? All this manner of selections that define that is not a do-loss. That's not a do-loss. That's not a slave. It's not one trying to find out what pleases him. Titus chapter 1 verse 1, Paul, a slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. The same greeting to those that are present. James 1.1, he says, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, a doulos. James, I'm writing this letter. I'm a doulos of God. Paul, I'm a doulos. Timothy, I'm a doulos of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm serving, not my interest. In James chapter 4, verse 13, he says, that's why I don't get to choose what I'm going to do. Instead, everything I do, I have to ask my curios, my master, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go and do here and we will go to that city and we'll spend our vacation here and buy this and sell that and make a profit. Verse 14, wouldn't you rather say, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and it vanishes away. Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the curios desires, we shall live and do this or do that. That was the focal point. It's no longer me dictating. Uh, I tell my children all the time, they says, what are we going to do this year? I says, we don't know. We've got to ask God. Where are we going to go next week? We don't know. We've got to ask God. Who are, what, what decisions are we going to make in our life? I don't know. We've got to ask God. Whatever God wants, that's what we will. We want to do His will. And we find that in His will, there's perfect prosperity and peace. The book of Jude, chapter, uh, verse 1, he says, uh, bonds, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, brother of James. Same thing. All these men in their letters. A do-loss. A slave. A do-loss. Uh, out there, they don't appreciate it. You lose your value. You become a common, ordinary citizen. You lose your rights. You lose... Uh, your capacity to be numbered as a person. A slave has not even a consideration. He doesn't vote. He doesn't do what he wants. He's owned. We got Jude up there. Verse 1. Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ. 
a doulos, the same word. Second Peter chapter 1. Paul, Timothy, James, Jude, now Peter. Simon Peter, a doulos of the apostle Jesus Christ. Those are the greetings of these men. You'd be surprised in Matthew 20, verse 27, where Jesus says, Whoever desires to be first amongst you, let him become a doulos. Let him become your slave. Our aspiration is the greater the surrender of our will, the greater the measure of our usefulness to Christ. And as you're serving yourself, listen to me. I, I want to say this because we're going to get into it right now. We've got three minutes. There is no greater stench and eyesore than seeing a slave walk around like a free man. This is the only thing we could equate it to in our generation is that at your business, the manager is flaunting himself out as the owner. And you walk in and you see how he's treating your company. And all you say if you're a Latino is, Que descarado. He's going around flaunting, going to, taking two hours for lunch. When he knows that a man who is employed doesn't take two hour lunches because he doesn't own the company. There's no greater eyesore and stench than a servant and now a slave, a doulos, that walks around as if he were free. I want to suggest to you that in the times of slavery, if a slave got up and left his post and was walking around like a, flea, a free man, the consequences were death. We walk around saying we, we are owned by nobody, we do whatever we want, however we want, as many times as we want, without consequence. My friend, there's no greater a deception. Whoever desires to be first, well approved, given the commendations of being faithful, let him be a doulos. Mark 10.44 Whoever desires to be first shall be a slave of all. This is who we are in Christ. We have Labor Day tomorrow. And we owe this preaching to celebrate tomorrow. Because the day before Labor Day, God wants to know who of you are the doulos. We have the opportunity before the Lord's coming, before hearing, well done, thou good and faithful, do loss, slave, surrendered will, totally lost and purchased to please God. In the book of Philemon, I've always questioned the Lord. I never understood the purpose of having a 21-verse letter Written by Paul, 20, 25 verse letter. Written by Paul regarding the escape 
of Onesimus. Onesimus desires he's leaving. He's no longer going to be a slave. He considers it contempt and debasing and diminishing of who he is. So he runs away from his master. I love this book because as I questioned why it would be in the Bible, I was sitting in an airplane and I could, I could quickly run through it. It's 25 verses. doesn't have a lot of chapters. It's just 25 verses. One, one, one letter written by Paul to Philemon. And he says, Philemon, you're a good Christian man. I happen to run into your runaway slave and I'm returning, to him, I'm returning him to you so that you might forgive him. The consequence of running away was death. He had to be shown as an example of what would happen to the other slaves that would run away. So Philemon chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 1, Paul writes, Paul enchained a prisoner of Christ and Timothy our brother to Philemon our friend and fellow laborer to the beloved Aphia, verse 2, his wife, some suppose, and Archippus, his son, our fellow soldier, and to the church that's in your house. We know this man to be rich because he has slaves. The church meets at his house. His son is an expert in equine uh, horse training, an expert horse trainer. Verse 3 says, grace to you and peace from our God the Father. Listen, to receive a letter from the Apostle Paul in these times was great accomplishment and commendation. Verse 4, I thank God making mention you. I pray for you always, Philemon. Verse 5, I hear of your love and your faith for which you have towards Jesus Christ and all his followers, that sharing of your faith may become effective, acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ. You're a, you're a true Christian. For we have great joy and consolation that you love God because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. You're a real Christian because you refresh other Christians. You're an example. Verse 8, therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, I could, I could obligate you by telling you what to do, but I'd rather not obligate you. For your sake, I'd rather appeal to you. I'm going to ask you for a favor. Being such as me who am an old man now, you owe it to honor older men. I've been in the Lord longer than you. I'm older than you. And now I'm suffering because of Jesus Christ in the prison. Verse 10. This is what I ask. I appeal to you on behalf of my son, spiritual son, Onesimus. He came to the Lord while we were in prison together. This slave who ran away now finds himself in prison with no better than Paul bringing him to the Lord. How many say, praise God? I love that. Paul is not wasting time. This man, Onesimus, who he says, I, I begot in the Lord while I was in prison, verse 11, who once was unprofitable to you. Once he was not a fruitful slave. Because he went around acting like he owned the joint. And there's no profit in one who pretends he's the owner when he's not. But now, he is profitable to you and to me. Because I've been able to adjust him to remind him he's not the master. He's not the owner. He's a doulos. 
He's a slave, and he's an escaped slave. He's, a, he's exiled. He's, he's, I am sending him back to you. You, therefore, receive him. That is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me. I, I'd rather him stay here with me and be, now that he knows what a loss is, but on your behalf that he might serve, minister to me in my change in the gospel. Verse 14, but without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be compulsion, as it were, but voluntary, that you do this because it's the right thing to do. Verse 5, perhaps this is why he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him back forever. Once a slave, always a slave. And once a slave in Christ, then a bondservant. You say, I didn't want to be a slave to begin with, but now that I became a doulos to Christ, now I want to stay perpetually. As long as I live, nothing else. I no longer want to do my will. No longer as a slave, but once more, a slave, more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh, as your slave, understanding, a curios, understanding the desire to please your master, and in the Lord. Verse 17. If then you count me, as a real, you're on the team, you have a jersey, a partner, receive him as you would receive me. Verse 18, if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put it on my account. Paul's saying, don't forget you owe me, my friend. Forgive him just like I've forgiven you. And if he owes you something, then you pay up what you owe me. Verse 19, I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand and I will repay. I'm signing for this guy. Not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have the joy from you in the Lord and refresh my heart. Having confidence, verse 21, in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than what I'm asking you to do. Verse 22, but meanwhile, also prepare a guest for me that I trust that I might, through your prayers, I shall be granted to visit you. My friends, as I was reading this letter to this man on the airplane, he says, um, sorry, I don't understand. I said, well... In heaven, there is a master, Kyrios, named Christ. On the earth, there is you, a fugitive servant and slave, a doulos. And you need to return to your master. And you need to report back to the place where he put you to seek out his desire and not yours, to serve him and not yourself, and to deny your will. Could you stand with me today? And this call is a gift for all of those of you that were under... The misconception that to be a servant of God was to fulfill your dreams and your ambitions and your desires and go where you please and where it feels good and where you don't suffer and you don't serve and you don't have to slave and you have a will and you have an opinion and you have a desire and you're in pursuit to accomplish what that which pleases you. I want to give you, since there are so many of us this morning who I believe would want to surrender at the feet of Jesus Christ as curios and master, and Lord, that you just raise one hand as I'll lead you into a prayer that we might surrender. And from this day forward, we're no longer just servants of the Lord to receive the benefit of wages, but we are doulos, not working for wages, but working to surrender our will to please our Master and Lord. Father, thank you for this day that you have made, the day before Labor Day, where we celebrate where we derive the fruits of our labor. And today we no longer want to walk in our own mindset and in our own will, 
but we want to surrender wholly and absolutely to be enslaved by you, our Lord and Savior, purchased by the blood of the Lamb with a price, not of goat's blood or ox blood or bull's blood, but by the blood of the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We have been purchased at a high price. And this world has not surrendered their will, and they consider it contempt to be slave to anyone. We count it joy. We count it honor and privilege to have you as our master and Lord. So speak to our hearts and lead our steps in doing all things unto you to please you, to live for you, to honor you with our entire bodies our soul and our spirit. We as Onesimus return with this sermon and with this message to consider ourselves bondservants of Jesus Christ and to God. Sin doulos, which means on the same page, fellow, fellow slaves to our master in heaven. You take preeminence you be Lord and master of all that is in our possession. All that is in our ambition and pursuit. That we might serve your purposes upon the earth and not our own. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen.